God is, is removing helplessness and, uh, and, and doubt. And he's given us faith, you know, because that's what we need. So I'm going to hand over to Malcolm. And uh, Malcolm, we just pray that God would just speak through you today, that he would give you the words, that he would give you the anointing, that he would give you uh, the, the unction and, and the, the faith, Lord, that, that is necessary, Lord, to see what your birthing come to pass. So just pray, bless him now and speak your word through him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thanks, Sam. And uh, hello, everybody. It's great to be with you on this uh, live stream. And uh, well done, Sam, in getting us to this level of, of technology. It's, uh, it's, it's awesome. I mean, that last song, um, I said to Sam that from about nine o'clock this morning, the Holy Spirit has been really on me quite powerfully and has really, I think, just about changed everything and direction I thought I was going in. Even I think the timing of Sam's induction yesterday being moved from the week before is because God wanted to bring these two things together, his induction and this message and even the weather because uh, most of Norfolk was covered in snow yesterday and I felt the Lord was saying that is the sign of cleansing and renewal. And today the sun has broken out. It's a new day. It's a new dawn. And, um, and, and I, just, I just feel that, that song, we can't move off that song at the minute. The, the, the words at the end were mountain be moved. And there's a mountain sitting on this nation and around the world. And that mountain's called COVID-19. And there is power in prayer of agreement. And right now we are live for the first time. So there are people now, you're watching this live and we can be in agreement right now for this, this disease and this mountain that is standing in the way of, uh, uh, of what I believe God is about to do. The enemy is desperate to, um, to stop it, to stop the land being claimed, which I'm gonna be speaking about today. So what we're gonna do now, I don't know, you've got people who are suffering from it. I'm in isolation at the minute because one of my colleagues got it. Uh, so far, so good. But I just believe we've got to take that authority that the Lord has given us over all the power of the enemy. And one of those things from the enemy is COVID-19. So we know in the name of Jesus, Lord, we rise up in the strength of who we are, in our names of who we are, children of the most high God. And you've given us the power. You've given us the authority to declare and to decree and to bind and to loose on this earth. That's our job, Lord. And we are now standing, Lord, in your name. And we speak to this mountain called COVID, this plague. You do not belong here. And we rebuke you now. And we say, be gone, mountain. Be moved. Be cast into the sea in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Yeshua. In the name of Yeshua. We command you to go in the name of Jesus. Amen. And those, Lord, that have been inflicted with this disease, we release healing in the name of Jesus. We release healing into the hospitals. We release healing into homes. We release healing into bodies. I just sense a healing anointing right now. Hallelujah. If you are struggling with this or any other disease, receive your healing in the name of Jesus. I told you the Holy Spirit had got hold of me this morning because he is about to set a fire that no man and no demon and no disease can stop because the fire of God is going forth in these days, says the Lord. 
Lord, and I'm about to take back that which is mine, says the Lord, and I'm doing it through my people, and I'm doing it through my church, and you need to get serious, says the Lord. You need to get serious, says the Lord. You need to stand up and know who you are today, says the Lord, and you need to know who you are, what you're here and the words that I'm going to give you to speak says the Lord I've given you to release to release into the darkness to release into the lies to release into your nations to release the truth and the truth is going to set many many captives free we command healing father God right now in bodies right now disease gone temperature down infection gone in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus hallelujah mountains of sickness mountain of disease go in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, there's a revival spirit being released and anointing a revival anointing being released says the Lord, you are being quickened right now. And if you've tuned into this for the first time, it is not by mistake, it is on purpose. That is what this series is living on purpose. And you are here on purpose. God has put you on here on purpose. If you're on this on catch up, you've been put on here on purpose because God has got a job for you. He's got an assignment for you. He's very interested in you. You are not a mistake. You are not a mistake. It is a lie of the enemy that you were born as a mistake, says the Lord. You are here for a purpose. You are here for such time as this, says the Lord. There is a revival anointing being released. I am reviving my church. I am reviving my body. I am reviving you, says the Lord. I am reviving you, says the Lord. Yes, you. And you're saying who? Me. And the Lord is saying, yes, you. But my past, never mind your past, says the Lord. My blood has dealt with that. The cross dealt with that. Come to me. Come to me. Be serious again with me, says the Lord, because I have chosen you. I have chosen you, says the Lord, for such a time as this, because this is my day, says the Lord. This is a day that you have been waiting for, says the Lord. This is that day, says the Lord. This is that season, says the Lord. Oh, God, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sam said when he opened this series on that first Sunday, he said this is going to be a prophetic series. This is God is going to illuminate things. It is important series. Revelations are going to come as you move forward. We're on third Sunday and the Lord has got hold of this. And the Lord wants to say something to us. And we need to be very attentive now to what the Lord is saying. Because that word living on purpose, the Lord said to me, move another word in there. Assignment. The word assignment. You are on assignment. Each one of you are on assignment. His church is on assignment. It is time to claim the land, says the Lord. It is a time to claim the land. And when people's hearts are changed and when people's lives are changed, the atmosphere changes, the DNA changes, the dynamic changes, and then the land changes because the people are changing. And I'm going to share a testimony of that shortly. But first, I just want to flow with the Holy Spirit, that word purpose, the reason for living on purpose. We've been created on purpose for something. We're here. We exist for a reason, anyone who doesn't think that, that's a lie of the enemy. You, as Sam said last week, are created in the image of God. He created us for him, for that relationship, but for a purpose. This is about living intentionally, people. This is about living intentionally. Never before have I felt in my spirit that we need to start getting intentional about what we're doing. And that intentional needs to be intentional about God and about his word and about the lost 
There are people this morning who don't know the truth. They're in darkness and God has given us the responsibility to tell them the truth, to tell them the truth. We have got to resolve to perform in that purpose because I'm going to read a word now from Isaiah 55, 8 to 11. And this is from the message. And when God says something and when God releases something, something has to happen. Listen, God's saying, I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work. God's decree for as the sky soars high above earth. So the way I work surpasses the way you work. And the way I think is beyond the way you think. Just as rain and snow descend from the skies and don't go back until they've watered the earth. Doing their work. Doing their work of making things grow and blossom. Producing seed for the farmers and food for the hungry. So will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty handed. God has been speaking words to us through his scriptures, through the prophetic. He's even speaking to us now and he's saying, so will the words that come out of my mouth. These words are coming out of his mouth, not my mouth. They're coming through the Holy Spirit. They're coming to us from our father in heaven. And he's saying they're not going to come back empty. Oh, God. Hallelujah. They'll do the work, he says, I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment. That's what the message says. They'll complete the assignment I gave them, that purpose. Hallelujah. And in Acts 20, 24, Paul says, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus Christ. Or finish the race, some version says, and complete the task. Len spoke last week about Abraham and walking in faith. In Abraham, in Genesis 12, God said to him, I will make of you a great nation. He will make the people are going to come too numerous for him to number through Abraham. We're those people. The blessing has carried on from Abraham. Get hold of this. That word is still unfolding and it is not returning to the Lord empty handed. And believe me, there are many, many more out there that need to be gathered in. And God has got his eyes on your unsaved loved ones and friends and colleagues and those in your community. God has got their name. He's got the date. He's got the moment when you or I are going to speak the truth or they're going to tune into a broadcast like this. And the truth is going to come in and the truth is going to cut through the lies and the darkness and set them free. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 7 says this. When we've finished our assignment, then shall the dust out of which God made man's body return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return to God who gave it. If you are still alive listening to this message, you are still on assignment. And the only time that will stop is when God calls you home. And if you think life on this earth is about eerie fairy and come what may, and well, when I die, I die. You will die when God says you will die because he says on here, we will return. The spirit will return to him. And if that doesn't sound right to you, Matthew 27, verse 50. And Jesus cried out again on the cross with a loud, agonized voice and gave up his spirit voluntarily, sovereignly. This is from the Amplified. Dismissing and releasing his spirit from his body in submission to his father's 
plan. God has got a plan for you. Sam said he created Adam and Eve in his image. You and I were not in our mother's womb by chance. You and I were not in our mother's womb by mistake. You and I have not gone through hell sometimes in birth, in life, because the devil does not want you on this earth because you are here on assignment. You were with God. That's what the scripture says. The spirit shall return to God who gave it. When the sperm and the egg met in that womb, so came in the spirit that you are the spirit, the soul, the body intentionally by God for such a time as this. If you're still alive, as I said, and listening to me, you are here for a reason and you are still on assignment because until he takes you, you are still on assignment. And we need to finish that assignment and we need to be intentional and on purpose with God in this. In Luke, when Jairus's daughter was sick and they went to Jesus in Luke 8 and 54, 55. But Jesus took hold of her hand and spoke, saying, child, arise. And her spirit, listen, and her spirit returned and she got up immediately and he ordered that she be given something to eat. Now, listen to me. If you feel something's dead in your life, if you feel your Christian walk seems to have followed and died, let me tell you this. Jesus is saying to you this morning, child, arise, child, arise child arise and I sense there's a quickening going on in people's spirits this morning because if you're not physically dead then spiritually God is waking up waking us up he's waking us up hallelujah 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 if you think you uh, think again about purpose you are intended by God you and me Jeremiah, he said it to Jeremiah chapter one before I that is God formed you in the womb I knew you before you were born, I sanctified you. I set you apart. I ordained you. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. That's the assignment Jeremiah was given by God before he's even in the womb. Remember, what is sent from God will not return void. God spoke something over your life before you were in the womb. God has an intention for you before you were born. And that is still active because it's not going to return void. We need to take hold of what it is. We need to take hold of what it is. He said to Adam and Eve, as Sam said in that week one, he said in one Genesis 1.28, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion. He placed them in a garden. He told them to tend it. We're still in that garden. We're on the earth. How are we doing about being fruitful and multiplying and subduing the things of darkness and the things of the enemy? One of the notes in one of my Bibles said, God created man and woman uh, to be his kingdom agents, to rule and subdue the rest of creation, including the aggressive satanic forces which would soon infringe upon it. And Genesis chapter 3 talks of the fall. It talks of the fallen archangel Satan who rebelled against God. And let me tell you, he is created. He is not God. He is not a God in his own right. He is created. And he is not the, the supreme being in charge. God is who's in charge here. Yahweh, Jehovah, whichever name he wants to use in the Bible, the I am. And he has put us here to subdue and to deal with this invader, this imposter, this trespasser, this thief, as he's called, and this liar. Hallelujah. 
And I just stirring you up now because I feel God is saying we need to realize again, people, who we are, why we're here and what we're up against. And if you don't think there's a spiritual war on, if you don't think there's good and evil, then I pray that you would start to look into that. Because I'm telling you, there's an adversary who does not want you alive, but he's got a problem because God has numbered our days in his book and he has decided and he's in charge, and you need to come away from fear. You need to come away from fear of the disease that's about here. You need to come away from fear and come into the truth that the perfect love of Jesus Christ casts out all fear, and that he has come to give us life in its fullness, in abundance, and we need to start being on purpose now and pressing into Jesus and getting away from the distractions and listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. I told you, I don't know what's going on with my notes now. This is just the Holy Spirit wanting to take us on a journey. Noah, God decided I'm destroying the earth because the evil's too great, but he kept that one family. Noah, in chapter 9 of the, the uh, of Genesis, when Noah came out of that ark with his family, God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. The same words, the same covenant, the same intention of God has been repeated. They are now on assignment. Man's original dominion over the earth has just been reaffirmed. And that is still in place. And I believe God this weekend is now saying, I'm saying to you again, my people, go out there, be fruitful and multiply and begin to win the lost. Abraham was told, Move to a land I will show you in Genesis 12 at 75 years old. Please get age out of your vocabulary. If God has not taken you home, you are still on assignment and you still have a purpose. Now ask him what it is and step into it. There's an urgency in my spirit. And he says, move to a land. Some of you have moved. Sam and Hannah have just moved. That's not haphazard. That's not because this is just a nice different house. You have been strategically placed. And I believe all over the world and in God's church right now, he is strategically moving things around and people around because he is about to do something massive. And he needs us on our post. He needs us in position. He needs you in the street, the village, the town, the nation that you have been put in and the church that you have been put in. He is getting things ready. And at 99 years old, that's when he said to Abraham, I will multiply you exceedingly. I will make nations of you. Kings shall come from you. Generations, descendants after you. Psalm 90 verse 1 says, Lord, you have been a dwelling place or a refuge in all generations. The same God that they're there with Abraham. We're part of those generations. Jacob, Isaac, Joseph, they were all used by God to carry on the word he released about nations, about that land and about the promised land and about the nation that he was birthing, which was Israel. But Abraham was a Gentile and we go right back there. And this is all the generations you go back in history. God has been performing his word in the Exodus. Sam had asked me to cover Exodus, uh, sorry, Moses, uh, Joshua. And judges, I don't know how far I'm going to get into those three massive subjects, but you'll have to read about these tremendous uh, people yourselves because the books are too big. But Moses was on earth at a time God decided. And when was he brought to this earth? Right in the middle of a deadly situation. Pharaoh was concerned about the Israelites. They were getting too big. 
There was too many of them. And he decided to have the boys killed at birth. The devil is always trying to kill the promises and the things of God. And we know that he does not relent on that and even tried it with Jesus. But here comes Moses. But God had an assignment for Moses and God will protect that which is his. He will protect the promise. He will protect the covenant. And then for he will protect you and he will protect me and he will protect our loved ones because he's going to accomplish that which he has begun. And if you know the story, you'll have to read it as you go into Exodus chapter one. Here comes Moses and he is uh, unaware of what's going on around him, except God has put him here for a purpose and an assignment. And when his mother uh, puts him into the reeds in that basket, along comes Pharaoh's daughter and finds this baby. Now, listen, she knows what her father has said. Kill the boys. And here's a baby boy. She should have had him killed. But the, we're talking about God here. I don't care what governments say. I don't care what the enemy says. God, God, God is the decider of what takes place. And he did not allow Moses to die because Moses had a word spoken over him. He had an assignment attached to him and he was going to complete that. And that was about bringing God's people out of captivity, out of Egypt, across the wilderness and on that threshold of the promised land. And his name was drawn out. Moses, she named him. He's in the reeds. They call him Moses. He's drawn out. And I'm going to ask you a question now. What is or has God just drawn you out of or is drawing you out of for his purpose, for his assignment in your life, his kingdom advance at this time in history? You may have left a job. You may have left uh, your home. You may have left a locality. Where and what has God been drawing you out of? because he is about to do something with you. And remember, the promised land is still coming at this point. Moses learns the culture of Egypt, God's school of learning. Where has he put you over the years in your life right now? Things happen on purpose. Moses kills an Egyptian. You think he's blown it. He's in the desert, 40 years a shepherd, but God is preparing him, hidden. He's getting this man ready and he's now 80 years old. Now the assignment is going to start. I told you, get rid of age. It is a hindrance. And then he goes and he brings the children of Israel out. Have you been saying for many years, what is God doing? What are you doing with me, God? What is this all about? Well, get ready. God will reveal his plan soon enough. And Sam found that out yesterday. God spoke to him that when he reached 30, something would happen of what has just happened. And that was way back, I think, when you were 18, Sam. There is land and souls to be taken, darkness to be plundered, captives to be set free. Like Moses, we all go, I don't know if I can do that. That's too big. If it's too big, it has to be God. If it's too expensive, it has to be God. Because if you can do it, then that's flesh. So Moses is at the burning bush. God decides I'm now going to meet my man and commission him now with the assignment. And at verse eight, he says, so I, God, have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up from, listen, that land to a good, large land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And he says, verse 10 in chapter three, come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. He's saying that to us. He's saying it to one church. He's saying it to Sam. He's given him the go instructions. 
But what does Moses do? What we all do? Who am I to go? But God's quick to say, I will be with you. And he's saying that today to each one of us. I will be with you. If I've sent you, if you're in my will, that's key, then he's going to be with us because his word has been released and he's going to perform it and it's going to come back fruitful. So Moses carries on with an excuse. Lord, I'm not eloquent. I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue. What are our excuses at the minute? Just go over some of them as if God didn't know that Moses were going to come up with excuses. And God's very emphatic in verse 11. He says, who has made man's mouth or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? And he says at verse 12, now, therefore, go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. The church at the minute, those that have not done it before, are looking to read the Bible through in a year. And God says, I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. God's getting words in you ready for something which I believe he's going to show in a minute as I unfold a prophetic uh, demonstration that God has given me. It's time to stop the excuses, church. We need to trust the same God of Adam and Eve, of Noah, of Abraham, of Moses and go. And we need to go and do what we've been asked to do. Jesus commanded his disciples to go. He also said he would be working with them. Mark 16, 20. Sue with us. He also said Holy Spirit would give the words to speak in Matthew 10, 19. Sue to us. Read the word. Study the word. Talk to the Lord. Get used to the Holy Spirit because he will give you the words to speak to your neighbor, to your colleague, to your friend, to a nation. Who knows where else? There are many people, villages, towns, cities, families, companies that are desperate for this truth that God is there and God loves them. Now, we moved quickly to the book of Joshua. All the time with Moses, Joshua is being prepared. I said this yesterday, last year when we did our first preach. Little did we know, Sam was just quietly there being prepared for this next stage because Moses has come to the threshold of the promised land. Standing on the threshold of the promised land and Joshua is now initiated, is brought in, commissioned by God, the new leader. God always has a succession plan. Never worry about what is coming next or who will fill the gaps. And I say that to you, Sam, with the new leaders you're going to need, the new things that are going to need to happen. If God has called you and God has placed you, which we know he has, then he has the people ready to come and join and be part of what he is about to do. And that is about possessing the inheritance, the promised land, the souls. Who has God had you alongside? Who has he been preparing you with? Know this, it's all part of his purpose and his assignment. I'm going to have to jump because there's something I must do uh, as we, we, we come towards the last part of this message. Let me just tell you what Joshua was facing. Canaan was divided into many city-states, each with its own autocratic government and all feuding with each other. Morally, the people were depraved. Lawlessness and brutality were commonplace. The Canaanite religion emphasized fertility with sexual practices and child sacrifice. The stage was set and the land ripe for conquest. I repeat that. The stage was set and the land ripe for conquest. That is where we're at. In this society, at this time, we're facing exactly what Joshua and those people were facing. 
but it was right for conquest and God said it was going to happen. And remember, they'd been in and spied the land in Judges and only Joshua and Caleb came back and said, look, there's giants and there's all this trouble, but we can do this. We can do this because God is with us. We've been a church that's been about his presence. We've been seeking his presence. What is happening to you here right now is what's been happening just recently where the Holy Spirit has decided which way a service is going, which way a message is going. And when we dare to step out and let him, I'm telling you, it is blessing upon blessing upon blessing, but it's with an anointing that changes things. It is the stage is set, dear people. One church, wherever you're from, whatever church you're from watching this, the stage is set now and the land is ripe for conquest. It is time to prepare ourselves and sanctify ourselves to go over. And Joshua, we know, leads the people into the land of Canaan. And what is he faced with straight away? Jericho, massive walls, big, big bastion of the enemy. And the Lord is saying, was he saying? No problem. I am with you. I am God. He came to Joshua, commander of the, the Lord himself, and said, this is what you need to do. Foolish it sounded. Foolish there are going to be some foolish things that God's going to ask you to do. And I'm going to do some things in a minute that are prophetic symbolism. And I thought, oh, my goodness me, Lord, this is not foolishness. This is God activating things. And Sam, when you ran with that baton on the 20th of December, you had to leap those chairs because they were in the way. That There is no barrier, no Jericho that is going to stand against you and the church as you move into the promised land and what God has got. If you just remember that God is with you, the commander himself, and listen to what he is saying. And dear people, we need to listen not only to what God is saying, but what our leader is saying. And if it sounds foolish, there's a good chance there's God. And we know the walls came down. I'm not going to go any further with Joshua because... Time is running now and the Lord wants to move us in to something else. But right towards the end, when Joshua is dividing the land up to the people because they have driven out enemy and they have possessed land, he says that God has done all that he said that he was going to do. We need to be responsive, have a responsive dependence on God. We need to be living on purpose, thus enabling us to claim the land. And to be victorious, we must surrender to him. To lead others, we must follow him. We must keep our eyes on the Lord and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. And when Joshua comes to his death, I'm just going to bring judges into this and you'll have to read these books yourself. Uh, if you want to read about Moses, you want to go Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Joshua is a book in its own and Judges contains these 12 amazing men and a woman of God that were raised to continue. Remember, this is about possessing the land. And as we go into 2021, we need to just take note of this. These were ordinary men and a woman that, yes, they might have been a military leader or a civilian uh, leader of some sort, but God raised them up at such a time to take their position in a land now that had taken their eyes off God. They'd fallen into disobedience and evil. And every time the people cried out, have you ever been in that place? He gets you to the end of yourself. He gets you in a mess. You cry out and in comes that wonderful change as God comes in. Well, Saul was happening here. He raised up judges. And as you go through the book of Judges, you will read of certain people, Othniel, Ehud, Deborah, Gideon, Jephthah, and Samson. And there are others, Shamgar, Tula, Jair, Ibzan, Elon, and Abdon, right? And strange names, you think. 
But these are individuals on assignment for God. What's your name? Sam, Malcolm, John, whoever. These are just names attached to people who are on assignment with God, who God enables, who God empowers through the Holy Spirit with what he has said I'm going to do. And when we call upon the Lord, when we're in position, who he calls, he equips, he anoints, he will give you what you need, whether it be the anointing, the words, the provision, the people, the, the strategic plans that you need. God will do it. And let me tell you this as I just come to this final part of the testimony and something I just need to show us to really stir us in how we should be praying now while we're in lockdown. These people had backgrounds. Gideon was fearful. As you remember, the angel said to him, you know, you mighty warrior. And he said, who me? God is saying something over you right now. First, he's saying you're a child of the living God. You're a child of the most high God. And whether you like it or not, with the Holy Spirit in you, with the word in you, born again, name written in heaven, purchased by the blood of Jesus, you are a mighty warrior and a huge threat to the devil. Yes, you. What, me? Yes, you. The one who says, well, I can't speak. I'm like Moses. I stutter. He sent Aaron with him. God was gracious. Just surrender. Submit to God and watch what he will do. Jephthah, I need to mention Jephthah. When you read about Jephthah, he was the son of a prostitute and he'd been ostracized. He'd been put aside because of that. That was shameful. But when trouble came, guess what? The people came to Jephthah because they knew he was a leader and he had that military edge uh, to him. And they said, come and help us. I don't care what background you come from, how you were born, whether you even know your parents, what you've done in your life. Call unto the Lord. Call unto the Lord. He'll cut through all that stuff. Put it behind you. Get hold of their purpose and assignment God has called you to. And call upon the name of Jesus. Because today the truth is going to set you free. And is going to line you up with the plan. With the purpose that God has got for you. And the years that the Lucas have destroyed. He is going to return to you. And I tell you what. There have been years where I wished I hadn't done stuff. 10 years maybe of my life wasted in certain ways but in one conversation with one dear soul who needed to hear what I'd been through and how God saved me from it brought them into the kingdom and set them on their assignment it is not wasted what you have been through Jephthah was not wasted he was brought in for such a time as that to bring deliverance to the children of God and the land and Samson when you read about Samson he messed up big time with relationships yet his family his parents were told him by an angel this is a child that's going to be born to you and this is how he's to live and God was clearly putting this child in the womb on time for this purpose with huge strength yes he messed up but God was faithful because God's word is what's working here God's assignment is what's working here we're the vessels we may mess up but if we stay focused on God and we call upon the Lord the truth and the prophetic word that which he's assigned us has to come through and Samson destroyed thousands of Philistines even at the moment of his death you can read that in Judges for yourself the Lord took me to look at an old video uh, suddenly this week as I said he's been changing everything but before he does that we've talked about he told Joshua every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given you, as I said to Moses. Now, listen to me. You can't just go willy-nilly treading on things. Sometimes you just wear yourself out. You'll get tired and achieve nothing. You need to get hold of this word from the Lord in Proverbs. The steps of a good man or woman are ordered 
by the Lord, Proverbs 37, 23, Proverbs 16, 9, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And this is what the Lord led me to just before I came on here in the message, Matthew chapter 11. Listen to this, and some of you will witness to this. Are you tired? Yes. Are you worn out? Yes. Are you burned out on religion? Definitely. Come to me. Get away with me, says Jesus, and I'll, and you'll recover your life. When? When you get away with him. When you come to him. And then this is what he says. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And what he said to me, if you're walking in my grace, then walk at my pace. I'll say that again. If you're walking in my grace, just walk at my pace. And sometimes he may sit down. Sometimes he may walk slowly, quickly. He may even run. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace and walk at his pace. He says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. His grace. Just learn to rest in that and he will guide you. Now, listen, if you're living on a street, if your heart is for a village or a nation or a town and God is doing that, he will begin to direct you. And it says here, the promise is every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you because God has already decided. Now, listen, the Lord had me bring this globe down. If you're sitting at home and you're thinking, I feel a bit helpless and hopeless, there's a whole world out there that needs the Lord. And he said in Psalm 2, verse, uh, Psalm 2, verse 8, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the earth for your possession. God saying to us through Moses, as this is written from, ask of me, God, and I, God, will give you the nations for your inheritance and the earth for your possession. Here's a globe. Some of you watching, I know, are from various nations. Well, my hand's over this globe. And we're saying right now, Father God, give us the nations. Give us the nations, Lord. Give us the places where we live. Give us the streets. Give us the villages. Give us our families. Give us the nations, Lord. Get a globe. If you haven't got a globe, get an atlas and start playing over an atlas. Stand on it, walk on it, do whatever you need to do. There are, there are street maps for your locality. Get them, play over them, lay your hands on them. Street by street, when you go out for your exercise, be praying because something is gonna happen. Then the Lord showed me this, I told you, things went a bit silly this morning with the Lord. Listen, there's a prophetic word he gave me. I had to record it, I'm gonna tell you what it is. We had a box of matches recently and the striker on the side clearly was not doing what it should. And you'd waste matches and they just wouldn't like. And just recently we got a new box of matches. And what the Lord said to me this morning is just like your old box of matches. It just seemed as if the fire was very hard to get going. It just wouldn't come. But he said, there's a new season here right now where I have renewed the strikers, the strikers, the word, the Holy Spirit. And then when you strike the word and the Holy Spirit released to people, flame. And I tell you, if you go on our website, our prayer last year, there are matches like this on fire. And suddenly it dawned on me, there is fire coming, but God is now quickening and honing us, the strikers, for him. The vessel is this box, if you like. We go out. 
we come across that person who needs a word, who needs some help, who needs to hear the truth. And as they meet us, they're not meeting us, they're meeting the Holy Spirit and the word of God and their moment on this earth where suddenly they're going to be. And when what the Lord said, there's 220 matches in this box with just one person on fire for me in this community, 220 matches that are out at the minute are going to catch fire. And he said, he said to us, and he said it today, get out of the box called church buildings and go, 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 go. He has been scattering us over the airwaves. He's been scattering us back in our communities. And a word he gave me about one church when Pastor Dominic was here, it was about our heart in our body is the center pumping away, going out to limbs. And I believe that one church in the future, yes, there'll be a place where we gather, a place where <coughs> is the center, but there are going to be the blood of Christ. The life of God is going to be pumping out to limbs and villages and towns and cities, wherever you're watching this from, wherever you live, the same for you. And I was praying at an intercessory meeting years ago, and I felt the Lord needed me to do something. And I said, have we got a map of Norfolk? And the Lord led me to the, uh, the old uh, telephone directory. And in the front was a map of, of Norfolk. And then he told me to get a match. And we struck the match. And as people held the page out, I had to hold the match underneath Norwich City. I had to hold it under the map. And as you held it under the map, slowly the flame began to burn through the page. And it began to burn through Norwich. And the flame began to spread out in a circle as we put it down in a tray it burnt out across Norfolk dear people I just sense God is saying it is time my children it is time when the call has come to one prayer on the website you come to one prayer you do the one-on-one -on -one and pray and fast at the beginning you go to decree the one word we give you it is fire it is fire it is holy fire and it is going to change things it is going to light up the darkness it is gonna ignite other people and just to finish if anyone remembers the transformation videos back in the uh, 2000 god told me to go back to this one it was guatemala it was a place called al mo longa you can see it if you go on youtube and call up transformation revivals in the 1970s this was happening guatemala this village was extremely poor community, poverty, alcohol addiction, violence, witchcraft, ignorance, the occult, idol worship, hopeless. Something changed. A pastor. One match, one match, one match caught by the Holy Spirit, caught by the Lord, decided something needed to happen. And his few, few intercessors started to gather together there were 20,000 inhabitants in this village they were served, they were worshiping ancestral spiritual worship they were bound by the demonic liar the enemy is a liar there is no power of darkness on this earth that is greater than our god and we need to get back to that as a consequence these people began to pray and intercede and that village became the most cleanest prosperous town in the whole of guatemala and still is 
It is now a city of churches. There are 25 evangelical Pentecostal churches. The BBC were there in 2018 to see if it was true still that the size of the crops there. Eight out of 10 residents in 2000 were born again Christians. Don't say Norwich can't be one. Don't say your village can't be one. Because I'm telling you, here's the evidence that it can. It was a dark and dangerous place. Alcohol was the main problem. Streets, there were drunks laying on them. Many in prison. They had four jails in a place that only had 20,000 people. There were packs and folk deities and idols and all the satanic stuff going on. But there was one man, Pastor Mariano Rijake, the pastor of a church, as I said. The gospel did not fare well in this place. Evangelists were chased away with sticks and rocks. Churches were stoned. Evangelical Christians uh, were a despised minority ever felt that way. On one occasion, six men shoved a gun down this pastor's throat. And as they began to pull the trigger, he prayed quietly to the Lord. And when the hammer fell, no bullet came out. Sometimes God has to do something as a catalyst to really stir us into action. And that's what happened. Because from that, having been delivered from death, this small flock got into heavy prayer. And it was time, they said, to break the stranglehold of superstition, violence and poverty. And as the intercessors lifted their prayers heavenward, they were empowered, listen, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And a supernatural faith came upon them. We can't do this ourselves. If we try it, we will fail. We have to engage and allow the Holy Spirit in. He's been left out of church too long. The gospel has not been preached enough. It has been left out. It is time for the gospel and the Holy Spirit. The word and the spirit need to come together and they need to flow together. Do not be afraid of moving in the Holy Spirit. You might get stoned. You might have a gun stuck down your throat. But if God has got you on assignment, let me tell you, the only trigger that's going to be pulled is revival trigger. Because you could be the catalyst like this man. They kept fasting three or four days a week. They're praying from seven at night till midnight. They're praying and praying. But then what happened? Over the months, people started to be delivered. Men started giving their hearts to the Lord and coming to church. Revival came. Signs and wonders came. One of them was this. There was a lady whose organs were being eaten up by gangrene. And a funeral was being arranged. There was a smell of death in the house. They called Pastor Maria, Mariano to go to the house to prepare the funeral. And on the way, Jesus said to him, pray for her. And when he arrived, he went to the bedside and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, get up. Remember what Jesus said to Jairus's daughter? That's all he said. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up. She rose up and instantly with no sickness in her body. She said she felt a warmth go through her body and a bright light above her. And she opened her eyes. Do you know, after that miracle, one miracle, one miracle, one man of God on fire, one miracle, one miracle. Her whole family came to Jesus. Her whole family came to Jesus. So good. Hundreds began giving their hearts to Christ. As this began to flow out, when they saw that, the listen, the gospel changes lives. The gospel changes lives. Do you know the gospel has got its own inherent power in it? When you release the words of the gospel they go and they're armed with the Holy Spirit and with fire and with power. And something is going to happen because the gospel changes lives. 
the name of Jesus Christ, the son of God, that is trying to be silenced by so many places and political people. Why? Because the devil knows when you speak in the name of Jesus, get up, the dead are raised. It is time, church. I rebuke fear off our church. I rebuke intimidation off our church. I rebuke it off you watching. I rebuke it off this land. That this is going to be a land like this village was. Holy Spirit coming in power. Social transformation took place in the streets. And the buildings were given biblical names. And what he said was, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God. Listen, it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. If you don't believe this morning, if you've not heard my heart this morning, this is God speaking to you. You just need to call on the name of Jesus right now and ask him into your life. And I'm telling you, this is going to happen to you and you're going to wonder what's hit you because life is going to come. Life is going to come. You're going to be lined up on your Simon, just ask Jesus into your life right now, like these people were in this village. 36 bars shut. They went down to three. Drinking stopped. Violence stopped. In 1994, the last of the four jails closed. There was no one going in them. The town's agricultural base came to life. Crop yields had suffered as a combination of arid land. That's cursed because of poor working habits. But as the people turned to God, they saw a remarkable transformation. When they were in darkness, they were getting about three harvests per year. Sorry, they were, they were hardly getting a harvest. Now, under the blessing of God that came, they're getting three harvests per year. They were only getting four truckloads a month of produce to go out to the markets. At this time of this video, 2000, 40 times a week the trucks are going out. Trucks paid for by cash. They're talking about a 1,000% increase in ag agricultural productivity. It's time to claim the land. It's time to claim this nation back. It's time to see something happening in the industries again, in, in people's lives with proper employment and the land producing on this scale. Because when God comes in, anything can happen. Dear people, they've had scientists there. 60 days to harvest with some crops went to 40 days and even 25 when God came in. We're talking Garden of Eden. We're talking to God right from the beginning. And the blessing is still flowing if we would just believe him and just catch hold of it. They began working. They began doing, uh, getting inspiration for, fer for fertilizing the land. Everything comes from God. Those ideas, those inspirations. They haven't given up. They're fasting still three times a week. They're assaulting the forces of darkness by prayer and evangelism. As neighbouring towns celebrate the Day of the Dead, which they do, the people of Al Malonga turn out in mass to honour God. The, the born-again mayor welcomed a crowd of around 15,000 into the market square, praying for a continued expansion of the gospel in the valley and around the world. Holiness and consecration, prayer and fasting, given victories over the principalities. They threw themselves on the Lord. And I'm saying this to you now. I'm going to end here and hand it back to Sam. I've just run with the Holy Spirit because I believe he has pressed the button and he is saying it's time, it's time, it's time. He has put a new anointing and we have got to get hold of this. We're the vessel. 
We're carrying the truth. We're carrying the word. We're going to meet that lost person. And when the gospel and the Holy Spirit and that person meets, as we operate, as God has said us, you're going to see transformation in this land in the name of Jesus. Amen.